0: Welcome to the Enneagram 2.0 podcast, I'm Beatrice Chestnut, and I'm Murano and today we're talking about focus of attention, and yeah. patterns of attention of the types, and while this may seem like a simple topic, I think it's so central to what the Enneagram types are all
1: about. Yeah, it's one of the best ways for people to learn about the nine types, but... Uh, You know, sometimes I think the usual approaches to focus of attention tend to be a bit simplistic. And I think we may be able to add a a bit more sophistication to this understanding, but also talk about the difference, the different focus of attention for each subtype, not only each type.
0: Right. So it's simple but not necessarily easy to always be mindful and aware of where your attention is going but it, it does define the types in a very central way i know that when i'm first introducing someone to the enneagram i often say that the typology or the types are based on what you pay attention to and unlike say you know as astrological types or other types This is really based on what are you paying attention to and can you start to observe exactly what you pay attention to and, of course, what you don't pay attention to is part of that too.
1: Which is all the rest. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I want to to emphasize that the importance of this theme is to understand how obsessive we've become in paying attention to one thing only and, and how we miss so much. I mean, all types do. Uh, but they have different focus of attention. Of course, there is a dimension in which uh, people of each type become really good in that thing they pay attention to. But that's not what the Enneagram is about. It's super important to be able to expand your vision and be able to pay attention to things that your personality does not want you to pay attention to if you want to grow if you want to be more psychological and spiritually mature. So by listening to these descriptions, I hope we hope that you will be able to see how you limit your way of perceiving reality and the world and how you can expand this from now on. And by the way, we'll start describing now the nine types of focus of attention. But by the end of this podcast, we'll make a few comments on how to manage your attention to not be so focused in one thing only.
0: Right. So there's the focus of attention that defines each personality type, basically, Mm -hmm. right? So when we're in personality, when we're identified with our personality, and so operating at a limited, narrow state of attention, um, we tend to focus on certain things and we tend to have a hard time widening our focus or shifting too much
1: right that
0: we're focused too much on those particular things and the whole method behind the enneagram is noticing what you pay attention to and then consciously shifting your attention uh, away from what you obsessively normally neurotically pay attention to in order to be able to pay attention to many other things that you typically
1: don't pay attention to. Yeah, either I'd say either shifting your point of attention or just enlarging attention, paying attention not only to that thing but also to other things, which is also super important in terms of mental development for any of us because then we start seeing more the paradoxes. So the focus of attention each of of us has Uh, tends to make us more radical. We think that there is one absolute truth. And by paying attention to more than that, we see the world in, in its complexity.
0: Yeah, so it's about noticing how you pay attention and how that defines your type and noticing how hard it is for you to pay attention to something else. Uh, but hopefully we'll give people some tips about how they can fo- shift their focus of attention and not be so um, driven to pay attention to what they normally pay attention to. And of course, we can't pay attention to everything. So when we're paying attention to our usual focus of attention or, or different things we pay attention to, there's a lot we're not paying attention to. And of course, that has an impact on our experience and our lives also.
1: Right. So should we start with type eight as usual? Sure. Why don't we start? Okay. So eights in general pay attention to injustice, whatever is unfair in their own view. They think that it's an objective view, but it isn't. And they also pay attention in that sense to, you know, what are the strengths and weaknesses in each person. Right. This means that they measure people up. You know, whenever they come close to them, it's very instinctive. People not even need to say or do. It's not much about coherence. It's more like congruence. It's like we sometimes hear it saying, um, if, if someone is coming to me with a lot of assertiveness, but I don't feel that that is rooted in the body, I don't trust that, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's more a felt sense of how strong the person really is. But mm-hmm. that is because they, are, they they see the world as being in war. Mm-hmm. And like some people will take advantage of me. And, uh, you know, I cannot be taken advantage of. So who are those ones who are trying to do this? And mm-hmm. I defend myself. So I pay attention to potential bad intentions mm-hmm. people have. Yeah. What, what would, would you say, though, and add to this?
0: Um, I think that is really central for AIDS, but I also think they pay attention to the big picture, sort of what's happening now and what do I need to do to impact the situation or to move things forward or to make something happen. Uh, They're very action oriented. So it's a little bit like, what's the next action I need to take? Um, Although I totally agree with you that they also really sense what's going on in terms of how rooted people are, how strong people are. And also, um, what, what, how, how do I want to put it? Sort of, I, one eight once told me I automatically kind of try to, um, assert my territory. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of, you know, how do I need to navigate this situation and how can I Um, express my power, my strength in order to impact things in the way I might want to.
1: Yeah, good points. Thanks for adding those. Now, when it comes to subtype, I think there are slightly different focus of attention by each of the three subtypes. And I'd say the self-press aids pay a lot of attention on having the necessary resources to feel safe. Yeah. What would you say about that? Do you agree?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I also think it's a little bit like securing the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I like think the
1: territorial side the that territorial you talked about side. might be a bit more for self-presses.
0: Yeah, and I think it's all they—they tend to be a little bit more defended, mm-hmm. so a little bit more contained, um, not necessarily putting everything out there, but being um, being a little bit more mindful or paying a little more attention to, you know, what do I want to share with people or not. You know, Mm -hmm. they can be a little five-ish in that way.
1: Yeah, I'd say then that it's more like paying attention to how people are not trustworthy.
0: Yeah. And how
1: I should not share everything that's going on inside.
0: Exactly. Or how I might want to, you know, share something with some people, but not others.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting to see... Like I met the other day, a person who I think is a self-pressed repressed state, how the, this person does not have this focus of attention. <laughs> yes. Now, what about the social? I'd say that the social pays more attention in who needs help and, and who I need to protect and you know how I need to be there for those people in my life. Sometimes the extended family or friends. And how I need to be like the matriarch or the patriarch of all of them.
0: Yeah, yes, there's definitely more attention to people for the social aid. Mm-hmm. Um, could be, you know, people they feel responsible for protecting or or supporting in some ways, or it could be like how are we all going to move together? You know, how is everyone going to get taken care of in a certain right.
1: way? And sexual aids, I think, power a lot of that, yeah. like how can I really be in the domineering position here mm-hmm. and also how I can assert my vision before mm-hmm. anything else and how I can control. I think all AIDS are about control, but sexual AIDS even more so. Yes. But control of the other person.
0: Yes. And and how can I express myself in a way that uh, people will pay attention to or i'll have the impact that i want or i can make things happen in the way that i want to happen yeah.
1: and a little bit like how can i be above i'd say
0: and i think too this sexual light tends to be a bit charismatic and magnetic so it's mm-hmm. kind of like using how- their energy to attract or to
1: um the opportunities for me to become charismatic
0: Right. Like right. This right.
1: would be the focus of attention. I know we could talk much more about eights, but let's move on to 9B. Okay. So what would you say is the main focus of attention for type 9?
0: I think the main focus of attention for 9s is outward toward the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, want, I heard a, a 9 say this the other day that I thought was so great. Uh, she said... Um, I'm, I'm paying attention to if there are any disruptions in the force.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think it's like, how, how, what, how is the energy in this environment and are, is everything in harmony? Is everyone connected? Or is there some sort of tension or something that, that threatens to disrupt uh, that harmony?
1: Yeah, I agree with this. And I think uh, it's anything external, not internal, but also a little bit what they perceive as external needs or even demands. And I like to define it this way because then it makes clear that it's not only about people, like what other people need. Yeah. It's more. It can be even like the house, the car, or processes that I maintain. Uh, so it's anything external so that I lose attention to myself. Yeah, it could be that tree over
0: there. You know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I thank you for reminding me uh, about nines that it's not just about people because I think it's my type two bias that an outward focus or Mm. other focus is, uh, other referencing focus rather, is about people. And I think you're right. For nines, it's, yeah, it includes people, but it's more than that.
1: And it's not really about connection, it's more about harmony.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, it's about that detecting the disruption to the force. Yeah. So
1: the um, how is the harmony being threatened? And what do I need to do about yes, it? Yes. Because there is an assumption I'm the one who needs to do something about yes, it.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So when it comes to subtypes, though, it changes. So what would you say would be a more specific uh, attention pattern for self-pressed
0: so for self-preservation nines, I think it's a little more focused on comfort mm. and maybe discomfort, right? But more
1: f- even physical comfort. Physical
0: right? comforts, yeah. but also comfort in general. You mm. know, it could be emotional comfort, but they may not feel it emotionally. Mm. It may feel more like, ooh, there's something that, that's threatening my overall comfort level. And so mm. I'll make an adjustment in this way or that way. Right. Um, and I guess we aren't yet talking about shifts of attention, but of course, the whole job would be to notice the focus of attentions that we're talking about yeah, and recognize how that that is habitual and find ways to not focus only on mm-hmm. what the things
1: we're talking about. Exactly. And notice when habit kicks in and, you know, not going with it because... That's the mechanicity of being, and we are all looking for uh, getting rid of the mechanical part of us and be more mindful, Mm -hmm. right? But talking about social nines, what would you say is the different focus of attention?
0: For social nines, I think it's more on people, again, on on the, the group or the family or the team or the community or whatever collective I'm connected to in the moment. um, And really sensing is, is everybody okay? Is there something needed from me to help things go better or people feel better or, or do better in terms of uh, what's happening energetically uh, as well as interpersonally. Uh, But very much of a dedication on how can I, do something to make things go better, make things flow better. And they're very generous, often too generous with their
1: energy. Right. What I would add is that it's a lot about feeling included, but not really being recognized or praised. It's not that at all. It's more like, don't forget me.
0: Yeah, it's about belonging. But of course, part of the focus is to ensure belonging. But at the personality level, of course, these... Things we try to do often don't work, which is why they become obsessive and neurotic and never ending. And we go around in circles. So there could be a lot of focus for this social night of working really hard to do this or that uh, to, to feed that sense of inclusion or belonging. Uh, but often I think they worry more about whether everyone else feels included and neglect their own sense of satisfaction when it comes to being included. Let's put it that way.
1: Good. What about sexual nines? What changes?
0: For sexual nines, I think the focus is much more on specific people um, or things. But I think there's a lot of uh, fusion or merger with somebody else to the, to the extent of their what's not in the focus of attention is boundaries. Mm. Uh, it's more just like, what do I need to do to maintain this connection, this all-important connection?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a, a sense of the other person as, as if it's inside me, as if it's myself. So being really bonded, but beyond bonded, like, as you say, merged. Only that sometimes I say that a merger takes two, right, to happen. And uh, it's sometimes more an acquisition that happens. Yeah. Like uh, the other person takes over the nine's energy.
0: One plus one equals one.
1: Yes. With, with yes. with the sexual minds, It's like I I lose myself, my energy goes down and I become you. Yeah. It's not that I become who you want me to be. Right. It's it's like I I give myself up uh, and become you. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to one. Okay. Um I th- I'd say the focus of attention to ones is actually errors, mistakes things that are out of order. But not only this, and, you know, it's very different according to subtype, as we're going to just say. It's also a lot about how should I not show all my flaws to other people? They can't notice how full of flaws I am. So how am I going to be to show up as being a very decent, respectful and correct person? A good person, um, so that other people won't notice all the bad things I think I carry inside myself.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think ones are focusing on, you know, right and wrong, good and bad, um, errors that need to be corrected, the way whatever's happening does or doesn't match up to an ideal of either perfection or what would be better or. Um, how well something can go. So it's a constant uh, measuring of where things are and how they can be made better. And then often that directs the one to put efforts into um, making things better.
1: Yeah. And while I do think that in average, one's focus attention on details more than other types I think that that varies according to the instinctual sequence for once and i wouldn't say this is the most defining thing and when it comes to focus of attention as some people say i think what we said right before is more relevant but yeah
0: yeah i think in general ones are among the types that focus more on details than mm-hmm. other types um but I agree that it varies by subtype with, of course, the self-preservation one, probably focusing the most on details Mm -hmm. and every little thing that needs to be improved um, so that anxiety can be reduced about things not being good enough.
1: Yeah, and now that we started talking about the subtypes of one, I'd add that uh, the self-pressed one pays more attention to things and processes than people especially when compared to the other two subtypes as we're going to say and uh, it's really more the perfectionistic person but it's it's also uh, the one that's the most self critical so the thing we said before like paying attention on how on all, all of my flaws and feeling guilty for everything but not not showing people what my flaws are mm-hmm. right so that's another focus of attention. I need I need to avoid mistakes, by, you know, small mistakes by all means. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people will see how I am. Of course, it's a distorted vision of myself. But mm-hmm. anyway, social ones, I think, pay more attention to other people in terms of how I should model a good behavior for their own sake. You know, and also how I can influence them in becoming better if I'm better, how I can become a role model.
0: Actually, I think more primary than that Mm -hmm. is very much like what's the right way? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the right thing to do? What's the best way to do this or that, whatever I'm doing? Um, That's very primary. And I need to watch out because I'm very mad at my social one brother right now. So that may influence the way I depict (laughs) this Uh, description. Uh, But it's not on taking responsibility for hurting people's feelings. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, I'll help you not be as biased. And, when, and when we
0: talk about two, we can talk about how hard it is to <laughs> shift attention from specific things like that.
1: Okay. Like yeah, thanks for sharing. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think social ones also have this, this tendency to just uh, model the right way and attention to how to be good in general
0: or what they think is the right way yeah yeah of course
1: (laughs) okay let's move on from social one i have more to say about this
0: but okay
1: (laughs) sexual ones pay much more attention on the other person's flaws and how it's their role um, helping them be better right right? or how those people are not doing the best job possible in self perfecting Uh, but you know the focus of attention here is on the other person's flaws and uh, what the person isn't doing that should be doing
0: and I think I the way I think of it is what needs to be fixed out there Uh you know and Uh, out there can be in what that other person's doing but also in society Mm. you know things that aren't right you know
1: although although I think it tends to be more personal most of the time yeah because that could be a bit mistaken For the social one, who who also is may be very critical of how things are not working, and then feeling non adaptable.
0: Yeah, but I I I don't think that the social one does something about it. Mm -hmm. I think they may notice when Mm -hmm. things aren't good, but aside from figuring out the right way they should do something, and of course the way they might think everyone should do it but they more focus on what they're doing whereas the sexual one focuses on what everyone else should be doing and even making taking active efforts to make that happen whether it's fixing the person or or using their energy to change something out there. I think they're more active. Like when they see something that's not right, Right. they they take active efforts to fix it out there. They try to fix you. Whereas I think the social one more fixes themselves.
1: Right. I I understand, agree. And I think it's a very good point. But I guess I'm I'm talking a bit more about what they pay attention to rather than what they do next. So I think I agree with you basically
0: yeah yeah i I, I guess paying it what you pay mm -hmm. attention to especially for the body types i would say is often about like that question answering the question of what to do you know Mm -hmm. because what you notice will inform
1: that yeah true so moving on to heart types and talking about your type you should be the one starting (laughs) And uh, may I remind you to also be a bit critical with choose right now. <laughs> you, <laughs> anyway. will, you always say I'm too critical of twos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Only today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is the focus of attention for choose? What do you think?
0: Oh, I think it's um, on other people, especially important other people, um, how they're feeling, what they're doing, how they're feeling about me, what the connection is like. Um, what I need from them that I might not be thinking about as a need, (laughs) Uh, but that's motivating my focus.
1: Maybe expectations. Maybe
0: expectations or, um, yeah, what's going on in the relationship and what I would like to be going on in the relationship. Um, But also, as I really experienced today, um, when something happens in a relationship that causes a strong feeling state, it's really hard to shift attention. So I think for, for the heart types and main, mainly speaking right now as a two, when I have a strong fe- emotion about something, it's almost like it, I can kind of go around and it really, really keeps me spinning or focused on that one thing that is making me feel bad, let's say, or mm-hmm. mad or mm-hmm. sad. Um, so I do think it's, it's people, relationships, um, what's happening in the moment there, uh, but also what's making me feel a strong feeling. And sometimes it's hard to shift attention away from whatever is quote unquote, causing that feeling until it gets resolved somehow. It it can be very, can really, I can be really in the grip of it. I really felt that today. I kept thinking, I can't waste my energy thinking, focusing, talking about this thing because it's not fixing it and it's keeping me from having my focus other places that it would, should rather be.
1: Right. I, I really thank you for these description because it goes beyond the more shallow and wrong description that choose necessarily focus their attention in helping others. Now, when it comes to the subtypes so you as a self-pressed Jew how do you think you pay attention in more specific content that is not the same as the other subtypes of Jew?
0: Hmm. I mean I guess I would say um, it's still really specific people I think it might be a little hard for me harder for me to get out of uh, certain kinds of feelings for instance it is really hard to say but when I'm in some kind of feelings of upset, I need to see if it has the flavor of a tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a little bit more, I need to learn to take a little more responsibility for that and kind of recognize that it may be about sort of not getting what I want or not being able to find a way to be happy or satisfied in some ways. And so that can get me stuck. Focus wise, but, um, but I also would say relationships, but almost from a different angle, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's from the angle of feeling young, and maybe a little bit less. I don't know um, what the right word would be feeling young and less able to. I don't know, make things happen. It's hard to say because it's hard. It's, Babies. It, we're, we're paradoxes, self Jews Because we can feel, be yeah. very driven and hardworking and independent. But at the same time, there's like this underlying need for people to see us or help us yeah. or... Or, or
1: how people can take care of me.
0: Yeah, or see like me that. as important, or value me,
1: or care special, about me.
0: Yeah, special. and I think that's a big underlying thing. That's... But feeling special
1: is mm-hmm. a little bit general for all twos. I, I want to check something with you. I, I sometimes differentiate the focus of attention of the three subtypes of two like this. Self-pressed twos want to be liked. Social twos want to be admired. And sexual choose want to be wanted. Mm, mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree with this or not.
0: Mm, I think I think there's something to that. I wouldn't say that's all of it,
1: but I I think that's a piece of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. What
1: about social choose then? What do you think is the focus of attention?
0: I I think they want to be influential. Mm -hmm. I think they want to uh be able to have or express some sort of power
1: so opportunities to be more powerful but in the influential yes meaning of powerful
0: yeah yeah kind of like making things happen the way they want to but usually not say the way an eight might more behind Mm -hmm. the scenes or more through charm or negotiation or Doing things behind the scene relationally,
1: so they pay way more attention in connections between people, who's who, and so forth.
0: Right, and sexual twos, sexual twos. I think it's a, kind of a laser beam focus on particular people, um, on the partner, on the you know the friend, the potential partner. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it, it can be very powerful focus because the focus is a little more um, directed mm-hmm. and concentrated. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, I'm focusing all my energy on you and maybe it's, maybe I'm charming you or maybe I'm being generous with you or maybe I'm seducing you or, or whatever. And then there's an expectation of something back. Right. And if it doesn't happen, I think there's more anger. There's more like, um, it, it's a little bit more of a, of a storm.
1: Right. I would just emphasize the, the being attractive and wanted. Yes. I hear a few people saying that our podcast is very comprehensive, sort of complete. But I want to say that for us, we, we always feel a little bit bad that we are not adding all we think we can add. And that people who want more and uh, are really into the Enneagram Uh, Might want to to check out our CP online opportunities for members, and in there we have monthly webinars that we talk in more length about themes like this, and we we do lively live quarterly Q and A's in which. Students participating live can ask any question Enneagram-related. And, and I think we've had some
0: excerpts from those yes. on previous podcasts so people could get a taste of that.
1: Yeah, and we have those always recorded in a way that they stay there as part of the, the whole collection of materials. And we have a whole library of hundreds and hundreds of hours of videos. Um, and we can uh, you, you can also sign up. Uh, very easily by paying a, a fee that's annual and it's not much uh, on cpanygram.com, clicking on our online portal. I just wanted to say this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because if you like the podcast, uh, you'll love CP Online, yeah. our content platform where we have a lot, a lot more stuff.
1: And um, lots of videos, then you get to see us, not only listen to us. That's right. Let's move on to three. What do you think, well, let me start this one, we are alternating, right? So uh, for type three, I believe the focus of attention in general is to be the one making things happen. Um, And then there are big differences in my view on subtypes, Mm -hmm. but I don't really agree uh, when other teachers and schools describe the focus of attention of uh, three is only on having goals or only on having a good image because subtypes change all of that mm-hmm. anyway what do you think
0: i think uh, a big a lot of the focus of attention of the three goes on the list of things to do mm. sort of what do i need to do next or what's the next action but with I what
1: intention you know it, it's like a, like I'm the one making them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, have... I think it's it's the meeting goals, it's the st- it being busy and being central and whatever's happening, but it's also getting things done. And again, I think that it's like the focus on the list of things to do is in some ways almost like a refuge because mm-hmm. it's easy. It's like that's what it's like that's what what threes are good at and where they feel most comfort. Partly because. They're achieving something. They're getting to the goal. They're creating results, but they're also outrunning feelings, and I think mm-hmm. that's less conscious. Uh, but there's like a, a a comfort or a drive to do, to work, to stay in motion, to being not productive. slow down, not stop, being mm-hmm. productive. Exactly, displaying competence, asserting, uh, yeah. you know, successful approaches at doing things and. Avoiding failure.
1: Yeah, I just want to say that i it's a deep belief I have that the focus of attention is particularly connected to the fixation of type, which we'll talk about in some future podcast episode. But subtypes, so I think that self-pressed threes pay way more attention in what needs to be done and tasks and goals than in other things.
0: I also think they focus on doing the right thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like, what's the right thing to do? What's the thing? And again, underlying, it is an image question, as opposed to say ones where it's more like to satisfy the sense of doing the right thing. Almost like I can relax if I'm, you know, taking the right action. Mm -hmm. Whereas for threes, it's more like it's like having the image of someone who's a good person. You mean person. Other
1: subtypes of threes, yeah.
0: Self-preservation three. It's having a yeah. good image of someone who's a good person mm-hmm. or a good okay. a good model of whatever it is I'm doing.
1: Yeah, but not necessarily in terms of popularity, but more like this is the, the important thing to be done. Right. I, I think that it's I'm proving my
0: goodness and not only my competence.
1: Yeah, but I think it's a bit paradoxical because it's not as much like being seen as being nice. So it's it's you know, self-pressed threes can be even less popular because they do what's right despite what other people think. That's my experience with many well, self-pressed threes. It
0: also has an impact on the whole image thing, because although they want people to see them in a positive light, they really don't want them to see themselves as needing that as being vain or needing that or promoting themselves or bragging. So it's this wanting to be seen as a good person or in a positive light, but not wanting to be caught wanting that. And Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit like a dance of being more subtle about it or working hard and hoping people notice or... uh, proving who you are your worth through how hard you work and the way you work and the way that you do the right thing in addition to just what looks good
1: right so social threes i would describe it as paying attention to how i can be in the picture and look good in it what what would you say
0: yeah i think so too i think it's a little more on having a flawless image and a little more on the consciousness that everybody's looking at me, mm-hmm. and I want them to see. A, a I need really, to be seen. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I'm I enjoy being on stage. I want everybody's eyes on me, and I need what they see to be, you know, really really good. Right. And it's also, I think, on winning and competing a little bit more than mm-hmm. than the other two threes, mm-hmm. and um, taking so action. number one. Taking actions, yeah, to make sure that I win the race or I'm seen as the best.
1: Right. And sexual threes, it's like being, you know, having a very good image to that significant other or someone in their lives and being important for them in many ways.
0: Right. And I think especially appealing Mm -hmm. and attractive, you know, so attractive in terms of physical presentation, but also as a sort of like appealing as a person, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a lot about attracting people by the physical presentation being what is the ideal as defined by social consensus in that social context. But it's also about pleasing others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's also, but, but it's working hard and being successful in service of pleasing others and supporting others. Yeah. And there's a bit, of, bit more shyness yeah. when it comes to being seen, like wanting to be seen and recognized in a positive light. But a little more fear, I think, that people won't see me in a positive light. And so a little bit more shyness and kind of working behind the scenes to make other people successful. So there's a sort of a reflected light uh, onto the other person.
1: Yeah, but talking more about the focus of attention in itself, maybe we could say how that other person I value is seeing me.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the core of it. So yeah, you're doing a great job today of and you, summing up and keeping us on track and moving oh, things forward. Thank
1: you, but you're doing a great job too. <laughs> so going to your favorite type, for, <laughs> for Not really, you know, the, your favorite, but you talk so well about fours. Yes. What, what is their um, mostly, focus of attention?
0: Mostly my focus of attention is on um, Busting myths and uh, stereotypes people have about fours. Um, so, four, I think it's uh, on a couple of things. One is on what's going on in my internal world. How am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's my fantasy of what I want to be happening or uh, feeling bad about how my fantasy of what I want to be happening isn't happening? <laughs> and maybe you know a lot on what's missing, you know, on. What's happening that's not
1: ideal. Um, An important thing or a supposedly important thing that's missing.
0: Right. And comparing oneself to others. I think that's a big
1: How I am less or more.
0: How I'm measuring up to other people. I once heard a four on a panel say really clearly, he said, when I walk in this room, for instance, I'm looking at that guy and he's better dressed than me. I'm looking at that guy. He's more handsome than me. I'm thinking, oh, I should dress better. <laughs> mm. It's it's really kind of scanning yeah. and seeing what's going on out there. Can
1: look at other people and say, oh, I have a better taste. I'm looking yeah. better, you know? yeah, yeah, So it's just not equal. So yeah. paying attention to how I can differentiate myself. Right. Although by being unique,
0: there might be a little bit more focus <laughs> generally on how I'm not good enough, yes, you know, a little bit more on that side. Although of course, yes, it does go It really ways. depends on
1: subtype it here, really so depends on subtype. self-press fours?
0: Self-press fours, um, I think they focus a little bit, they, they might have a focus that's a little bit more like a three than the other fours. So, you know, hard work to prove myself, um, how people are perceiving me and what I might need to do in terms of, um, proving myself more, being seen as I want to be seen. Um, I think taking on the load for people as a service, um, helping people, they have a bit of a humanitarian outlook, uh, can be a little bit more that way. But of course, they internalize feelings a lot. And so being in their own inner world, like the other fours, but maybe being a little bit more in there by themselves. So not talking as much about feelings, but, but tuning in to what's going on inside.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I would add paying attention to load that needs to be carried and bringing it inside and how I can endure.
0: Right, I think that could be a bit unconscious. But, but I they pay think,
1: attention,
0: and the the proving I can do hard things might mm. be the enduring, you know. Or, but it can be
1: proving to myself only, and right?
0: sometimes others. I think, yeah. like I once heard a self press force say, "If someone tells me I can't do something, I ought, mm. I have to go
1: do it." Yeah, it's not only, but mostly, I think. Yeah. But anyway, social force,
0: social force. I think it's a lot on comparing themselves to others and feeling less than feeling inferior and I think it's also a big focus on on feelings on how they're feeling and uh, sensitivity and big emotion and maybe sometimes amping up the drama a little bit um, to either get attention or to feel special or to feel connected to something including themselves great yeah and sexual and sexual I think the the focus of attention may be a little more on the outside world, but especially in terms of how the outside world isn't seeing and validating me enough or how I measure up to someone else and both in a being superior and inferior kind of way, but more on the emphasis on I might be better than that person or I'm I'm really special and people aren't seeing it um, and and on what what's needed from others
1: in the world and competition complaining
0: also. and yes and competition yeah and it's envy and its manifestation is competition and, and anything
1: sexual. that feels irritating
0: right they, they of course live much more in anger than the other two fours and express it more and aren't afraid of expressing it um, mm. uh, so yeah I would say what's what's not right or what what I'm not getting that I deserve um and feeling misunderstood and and being upset about that
1: or Mm. angry about that right so my type now five yes um i think fives pay a lot of attention in how i need to conserve energy Mm. i think that defines the focus of attention for fives more than the things that were said before like i don't receive enough and i People give too little or they are not available. I think it's conserving energy. Yes. I think that defines better what the focus of attention of fives is. Yeah. So it's an unconscious uh, tendency to see how I can feel depleted if I don't conserve energy and what is potentially depleting me. So a focus on external needs, requests, demands, expectations that I really want to avoid from people, from tasks, from processes, from some environment I'm in. Mm -hmm. So conserving energy and um, saving. So
0: might that lead to focusing on things like, how long is this thing I'm doing gonna take? Or how much will that person want from me here? What will be asked of me in this situation? or. How, how should I respond to this request that was made yesterday? Those things like that.
1: These are all correct, but it's way more than these ones. It's like, if the person looks at you with a particular gaze, I look, you, you interpret that as a curiosity that feels invasive and potentially some expectation exists behind it. It can be very subtle. So look. If we pay attention so much to one content, like fives do this, anything that happens can potentially be perceived as energy consuming. Mm-hmm. Anything. And it can be extremely subtle mm-hmm. in the case of fives. Mm-hmm. Now, self pressed fives, I think, are way more about space and invasion, more concrete invasion of their territory. Mm-hmm. I think that social fives are more about let me control my time in terms of what I want to learn and, and you know, the information I need to get. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll give you an example Bea. of mm-hmm. course, we work together all the time teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I teach a piece of something, I need to change it because it's unbearable not to learn something for myself when I'm teaching that. I need mm. to change it all the time. Mm-hmm. But then you have this wonderful way of standardizing <laughs> your teaching and, and making sure that people get it in a very precise, high quality way. But it becomes to me in the classroom more difficult to keep paying attention to you. Uh, so- I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> now, the sexual fives, on the other hand, I think pay way more attention to how other people can be interesting and deep enough and uh, perhaps the keepers of that key to open my little box inside. Mm -hmm. But I talked about all three. What would you say differently or in in addition to this? You're
0: the big expert on fives, and I think you said it very, very well. Um, I guess I would say I, I hear sexual fives saying not always in direct ways, but implying that they also pay attention to their inner life and their feelings um, more. They may not express them, um, but they, they relate to feeling emotion and being connected to emotion, I think, more than the other two fives. And I think they also pay uh, probably a little bit different kind of attention to relationships. Yeah, um, wanting that one, looking for the ones or the one where they can really express more of themselves, but of course, not really always finding yeah.
1: that. Yeah, I would, I would even say that they pay attention in what the other person doesn't have or do that I need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that might be a good place, way to put it, because they're looking
0: for an excuse to not open up often. <laughs> yeah, and
1: they're very rigorous and they have a high bar when appraising the other person. Yeah. Now let's move on to six. Um, What do you think is the main focus of attention for sixes in general?
0: I would say the main focus is on detecting threats, inconsistencies, um, things that signal danger or problems that might occur and like sending some mind energy out there to figure out how to deal with it, um, yeah. to neutralize the threat or prepare for it or solve the problem.
1: Right. And I think um, it's mind energy, but also doing something concrete yes. about this. It. is like I, I, I bring myself to, to that position or role of being the one who needs to solve the, the yeah. problem. So yeah. it's becoming the problem solver and unfortunately, sometimes becoming the problem seeker.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Not realizing how that keeps their attention on continually looking for problems. Um, and of course, finding them when maybe they wouldn't if they weren't looking so hard and that if, and directing their attention toward that. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, threats to safety. Um, one a, a six friend of mine, a sexual six friend once said he was constantly looking for inconsistencies in people's mm-hmm. in in people's behavior actions like does what you say match what you do and really i think um reading people and situations uh very carefully to detect okay what's really going on here beneath the surface behind the scenes uh what do i need to be aware of that's that's maybe not so obvious but that might represent some sort of danger or threat
1: so what I may be missing here and uh, scanning, scanning everything yes but subtypes so self-press sixes what do you think
0: self-press sixes I think are um, focusing on people more and relating to people in ways that they neutralize any kind of attack or negativity from someone and kind of turning potential enemies into friends. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how can I relate to people in a way that that where I'm presenting myself as someone friendly and warm. And so it creates a, it it sort of lessens the danger Mm -hmm. inherent in this interaction because I'm a teddy bear. I'm someone who's really nice. And so there's no reason for there to be any danger or, problem between us so.
1: so paying attention of differences between people and how i can befriend each person
0: right and also probably looking for protectors yes. you know like who can i who can be Strong my ally people, yeah. my yeah people that can mm-hmm. i can sort of stand behind if if the or something if something bad goes down yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so social sixes what mm-hmm. would you say
0: I think looking for a good authority, looking for rules and reference points where they can orient themselves to feel safe.
1: You know, I'm married to a social six. So, what I see is her focus of attention is things I'm not doing that need to be done.
0: Mm, yes, very responsible, the yeah. social sixes. Yeah.
1: And always, you know, trying to, to being charged by doing things that, you know, are important.
0: Right. I think, especially for people they feel responsible for. Yeah. Like is that person okay? Do they need anything? Can I think a few steps ahead to make sure that nothing bad happens or that they get what they want
1: or things like that. And I think that while all sixes have this tendency <laughs> to feel guilty about something, maybe social sixes have that even more.
0: Yes, and I'm just thinking of something funny, which is how your wife introduced me to those apps that you can have on your phone where you can know where your loved ones are in the world geographically uh, at any moment.
1: Yeah. Just in case, you <laughs> just know, in case you need, need something. You need to
0: know where they are. You're kidnapped or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah. And you can imagine how that is for me as a five. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now sexual sixes. Sexual sixes.
0: I think even more so there's a, uh, uh, a, a, a focus on um, on threats and might I need to do something uh, to orient myself to the threat, such that I can intimidate the source of the threat or somehow defuse it or deactivate it by expressing strength or power in some way.
1: So I focus on um, avoiding ways that I can look weak. Yes, it's
0: skill and readiness in the face of a potential attack.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, also that and readiness is a good word here. I think. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's like the you know the best defense is a good offense. So almost always being re- looking out where do I need to go on offense? Uh, you know, as a defense.
1: <laughs> right. So finally, sevens. Last but not least, I think. Sevens pay attention to opportunities uh, to be happy, to be um, engaged with activities and what is interesting and a lot of um, mental stimulation.
0: Yes, I was going to say that exact thing. Mental stimulation, um, imagination... Interesting things to think about, connections to be made, associations. Yes. yes, constantly making associations. I have a friend who used to derive a lot of his humor, a seven friend, self preservation seven, from making us constantly making associations, humorous associations often. And I remember reading, I think it was in Gurdjieff or somewhere something like associational thinking is one of the most primitive forms of thinking. And it was always like there was a cleverness in sort of making funny Mm. associations. But after a while, I thought, actually, that's, you know, that's Mm. pretty basic. Mm. But I think there's a way that sevens are are good at finding connections between dissimilar things that other people wouldn't see. And again, looking to the future, positive possibilities, planning. So it's a very uh, quick fast-paced focus on, you know, interesting things to think about and experiences to have and planning. Yeah. Uh, And and, uh, I think... Especially planning to escape limitation of any kind.
1: Yeah, limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, freedom, having freedom. Maintaining freedom. Now, while I think that it's, it's true that sevens pay more attention to the positives, I think there is something that defines better what they pay attention to, which is things that uh, I'm not yet considering, you know, something extra, something new. And sometimes, you know, if everybody's been positive, the seven will try to see something different Mm. around that, some other positive thing, but sometimes even something that's not as positive. I think Mm -hmm. what I mean is, I think that in the descriptions, the old descriptions of sevens, People focus too much in say, talking about the positive spin. I think that it's a bit more about the, you know, doing something else, something that hasn't been done, or you know, variety. Mm-hmm. Now subtypes, self sevens a lot about opportunities, a right. lot about how, what is there for uh, in this for me?
0: Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 How, needs getting met in creative, clever ways mm. through maybe interesting pathways that other people yeah. may not think of. Um, right. um, who where can I go? Who can I connect with to get what I need? And it, it may be a need for pleasure. You mm. know, it may not be a, you know, a survival need. But um, like you said, opportunities, new pathways for new opportunities and needs to get met um, creatively, um, networking, um, finding ways to have a good time or make a plan for doing something interesting or exciting. Um, mm-hmm. definitely more, you know, kind of a hedonistic yeah. bent and also an ability to manifest, you know, mm-hmm. self-press sevens kind of make things happen for themselves.
1: Yeah. Having small pleasures. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And social sevens, I think it's a lot about, you know, how to make others happy. Before we move on from self-pressed sevens, and this could be
0: sexual seven too, I'm thinking of a seven friend of mine who says he always needs something to look forward to. And even within a day, like Mm -hmm. he needs many things, not not like a week or a month, like like many things in a day to look forward to, you know, yeah. yeah, Rewards. Yeah. Pleasurable rewards that will happen, um, you -hmm. know, in a certain way through a certain pathway.
1: Right. Social. So social, I was saying that, uh, how I can make others happy and Mm -hmm. how, how I can bring people out of any complicated situation or feeling Mm -hmm. sad or depressed. Uh, so what would you say?
0: Yes, I would say um, taking away the pain of the world or of others.
1: Um, So it can be also collective.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So making others happy, creating a positive experience for the people around me, um, contributing what I can to help people feel good. Um, And being a
1: good person myself.
0: Right, being a good person and a person who helps people feel good and not bad.
1: Mm. And I think sexual sevens are way more about ideals and, uh, you know, uh, uh, fantasizing about things, but also having a big imagination of what things can be.
0: Mm. Not very
1: pragmatic or practical as a self presser
0: Right, like envisioning the positive possibilities. and. Yeah that the sexual seven is the one where I might disagree with you a little bit about what you said earlier is it's not always about being positive. It's about mm. thinking of something new that yeah, hasn't been thought I of. I think for sexual sevens, it's almost always like a positive spin. You know, how can I
1: All turn the ways this I situation. can be happy.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and I can see anything that comes to me presented as a problem mm-hmm. as really an opportunity in disguise of, or yeah. how I can spin things in a positive direction to keep my imagination positive, to keep me believing that what I imagine can be reality as, as opposed to what might actually be happening in reality, yeah, which I, I may not want to focus on at all.
1: I definitely agree with all this about sexual sevens. And I think this has been a, a good conversation, don't yes. you think?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, about something sort of simple, but... Can be made simplistic sometimes, but really, really central to what defines the types and the personalities and what the main leverage point is for growth. Mm -hmm. Because when you know what you pay attention to habitually, then you can watch out for it and really make conscious attempts to shift your attention. And so let's maybe talk a little bit about that. How can people, once they catch themselves in the act of having this attentional, pattern that we've been talking about for their type, what can they do to shift attention and and learn how to do that? Because I remember our our good, our our dear departed teacher, David Daniels, used to remind us all the time that self-remembering never becomes habitual. Um, So it's a little, it's another way of saying we're always falling asleep and getting caught up in these attentional patterns. Do you have some tips for people about what they can do to become more, to train themselves to catch themselves focusing in this way, and broaden the focus, expand their focus, shift away from this relatively narrow um, way of paying attention.
1: I want to suggest three things. First is asking people you live with, you, you are usually with, to point out when you're looking to those objects of attention too much. So asking for feedback so that you can spot the moments that you're being, you know, too exaggerated.
0: So about that. are you telling me I can give you feedback about yeah. when you're paying attention to having yes. your energy depleted? Yeah,
1: and <laughs> mostly when I'm uh, too much concerned about it before happening.
0: OK, when yeah. you're taking every every eye look I have as an expectation and demand, I can remind you that it's just me having uh, eyes and it's not necessarily an expectation. Or not, but yes, of course. (laughs) Or maybe I'm making a demand, but that's okay Uh, because maybe you should learn to accept it and meet my demands. I'm
1: just hoping it can be reciprocal. What do you think? Of course. Yeah, so feedback is is a very good tool. Yeah, And people who know you well, um, you know, you, you should wish that this person becomes a little bit like a stone on your shoes, you know, like uh, something like... Wow, you're very
0: brave today because I'm taking
1: all of this very
0: seriously.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what I'm saying actually is that if we are are serious about doing inner work, we need to get closer to people who push our buttons. Mm -hmm. And if the person who's close to you right now isn't, pushing your buttons, then ask the person to push your buttons more. If you're brave enough. Your butt- buttons, not bottoms. Bottoms, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my English. That, that was dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but you got it. And um, what, I, what I mean is that people who, who are really brave and committed to doing inner work need to put themselves in more of a discomfort zone. That This is one thing. The other thing is humor. I think that when it comes to focus of attention, humor is even more important than for other things. Mm. Like um, create a character that defines the part of you that is so compulsive in paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. You know, like a Nate looking Mm. for justice all the time could call this Mm -hmm. person, I don't know... uh, superhero or someone who's, uh, you know, trying to uh, save the world or, mm-hmm. you know, being the one who corrects everything, um, like the Avenger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I think that it's super useful to change the things that you actually see with your actual eyes mm-hmm. and what, where you look at So if you do that, like a two not looking at the person Mm. Ah, or a two looking down to Mm -hmm. the floor or a five looking at the person Mm -hmm. and not away or a seven fixing the eye look to one thing and not to all the rest. Mm -hmm. You know, so managing what you look at. And I'm being literal here. Mm -hmm. But there are other ways. Would you add any? Yeah, I would
0: say this is more of a kind of the gym workout for this, but I'd say meditation. Oh, yeah. Um, Really important to have a meditation practice and to uh, learn to do things like mindfulness because it really requires being able to have that inner witness that notices when your attention is kind of locked in on one thing and you're not able to shift it or to be able to notice and then kind of take a step back and consciously shift away from that over and over again, you know? And so I think meditation helps create both the mind space with which to notice your reactivity or your reactive focus of attention or your automatic habit, um, and the ability to shift that away in a conscious way, to start to focus, to, to lift, literally lift your focus off one thing, one object and put it somewhere else. Yeah, That's a super, lot of what
1: super meditation important. is all about. Yeah. And, you know, one of the several reasons that uh, in meditation we focus our attention on the breath mm. is this. Yes. You know, if you if you learn how to bring back your attention to your breath, you are learning how to not stay paying attention to that focus that that is compulsive for you. Right. Right. And that leads me to say one last uh, thing as uh, what to do with our, um, you know, distorted focus of attention. It's deciding something else you are going to pay attention to that's not natural for you. Mm-hmm. And having reminders several times a day to pay attention to that.
0: Yes, and and it would be even better if the that was a former blind spot. Yes. You know, of like, okay, what do I really tend to avoid paying attention to when I'm paying attention to the thing I habitually obsessively pay attention to um, and if you can move it to that, it's it's a real expansion because you're integrating something that you previously avoided and making it something that you can, that's more of a go to than the main things that you usually pay attention to. It's time for our top five.
1: What is our top five today, Be?
0: Our top five today is. The top five types that have a hard time meditating. Top five types who find it challenging to maybe stabilize their attention might be a way of putting it.
1: Mm, Let's go.
0: Okay. So
1: what do you think? What's your number five? My number five is type four. I think, you know, it's not the easiest to meditate, although... Several fours want to go deep and they like contemplation many times. But, you know, there is this uh, a little bit imbalance in energy levels for fours that make it uh, a bit harder. I must say I was in a doubt between four and two as my number five because twos are more out there and uh, it's difficult to be in here. But um, I chose four because of my practical experience with choose and fours. I think that fours have a slightly harder time meditating. Interesting.
0: Um, well, for my top five, or my number five, rather, I put type six. Hmm. And I guess I didn't have a lot of reasons for this. <laughs> it seemed like the right <laughs> type to have at the, top, the number five position. yeah. I think it can be hard for them to stop thinking of problems or to start, stop their mind from wandering to uh, different threats or things that pull their attention. Um, so I, I thought of type six as my number five.
1: Yeah, I think, I think theoretically it makes sense. But at least in my sample, this is not what I see. I think so many sixes meditate at least in what I see, but it makes sense. Maybe it's my sample.
0: Yeah, I think I was also thinking of people I know, and that's why I didn't put four on my, my list, because one of the friends that I know that is a really, really powerful meditative meditation teacher Is a four and so i think Mm -hmm. i was thinking wow she's very she's really good at what she does so i that might have biased my sample Mm -hmm.
1: well so my number four is one and i think that it's not the hardest at all but um you know ones tend to keep that judging mind which is something that is one of the most central things for us to turn off during meditation right and uh, you know i think that body types in general may find it harder because of the you know body activity uh, although nine is a different story but what is your number four
0: well my number four is nine. Oh wow um, and again not that they can't be good meditators but just that kind of like what you said about twos there's a lot pulling their attention outward mm-hmm. um, a lot that calls or distracts them Uh, And so I I was thinking it might be harder for nines to, I think, in some ways commit to a practice, but then really um, go into uh, a stillness place or stick with something. Um, They they can be good at routines, but um, because they're so outer focused, I thought it might be harder for them to prioritize going inside. Hmm,
1: Interesting. My number three is type three. I think that, uh, you know, the excess in activities and, you know, having to do and how hard it is to stop makes it hard for them. But at the same time, in practice, I see many threes meditating when they understand it's important and they make it a goal to do it. And especially in, in places or communities where that is valued. I think that threes uh, end up meditating more, you know, Mm. not at all uh, the ones that do the most. So they are my my number three. What about you? What is your third? My number three is type two, actually, Mm. for
0: some of what you said. Some of that is my rationale. Um, But also I would say um, because I... Find it's hard for twos to prioritize something like that for themselves and also stop their attention from kind of going out or thinking about other people or 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 things like that it's what came up for me was kind of funny I know that there are a lot of twos I know that have a hard time reading books like reading a book all the way through and that's true for me like I love reading books but I'll read like the beginning of a lot of books and I don't always get all the way through. And I think it has to do with, it's hard to kind of sit still and really focus inside myself. It, a little bit like with what I said about mm. nines, although it happens more emotionally, I would say.
1: Interesting. What is your second?
0: My second is three. Mm. For some of what you said, but I, I just find that threes have a really hard time, similar to how they have a hard time slowing down uh, and they have a hard time really getting the mind off that next thing they have to do. And, and it can feel a little threatening, I think, for threes to go inside uh, when they don't really know who they are yet. I, I find that threes who have been on a development path often later in the path, get good at meditation. But I think at the beginning, it can be harder for them to, to prioritize it, to make time for it, to slow down enough to do it. And then to really, um, focus in, on themselves in an intentional way
1: mm-hmm. on
0: their inside.
1: Uh, I agree with these points. My number two is type seven. I think that the hyperactivity at times and, you know, the fact that some sevens mistakenly think it's a boring activity and uh, they are not able to pay attention to different things this is potentially what makes it hard for sevens. And I see in practice so many sevens saying how hard it is. And I usually suggest sevens start with some more dynamic form of meditation, which includes the silence part only towards the end, because I see it so hard for them. And I must say, uh, a few sevens that really do the work sometimes become very uh, frequent meditators but this is my second. What is your first?
0: Well, it's interesting because my first is seven. <laughs> so I'm very interested to see what your first is. Yeah. Um, uh, my first is seven. Um, I find that I just hear from a lot of sevens uh, that it's really hard to stop the mind activity. They have such fast minds, they have such active minds, and there is that underlying motivation that drives a lot of their thinking um, to not slow down and be in the present moment because it feels like a risk, like what if uh, something unpleasant comes up? What if I get trapped in an uncomfortable feeling? Um, And so I think there's also a little bit of a fear that they may not always be conscious of. And so if you're not conscious of the fear, it makes it harder to work against it. But I know I note that they often seem to have a fear actually of slowing down and really going inside and really being in the present moment um, because it works. It it goes in opposition to that main defense of moving fast and thinking fast and as an avoidance of um, of potentially feeling something difficult.
1: yeah. Well, my number one is type eight. I think that, uh, you know, I, in practice, empirically, I I see eights resisting. Yeah, that's uh, a good in point. The, in the first moment. And eights uh, perhaps are even more active than sevens, not mentally, but body-wise. And stopping to meditate is hard. But mm. also, I see that eights sometimes uh, question things like this a lot. They don't really... Trust easily that that's something that's for them, or that that's something very useful. And I think that in a way, aids sometimes, you know, connect a very passive uh, activity to being weak, or you know, not not being out there exerting all the big energy they have. But in practice, it's more a practical thing. I don't see many aids. Being available for that only when they really have done already more work.
0: Yeah, that, that's a very good point. I think in retrospect, I might have added eight to my, um, to my list. I thought about them for a minute, but um, sort of moved on from that. But but you you have convinced me. I think I would add eight to my list if I did yeah, it again. Maybe
1: maybe I reviewing this, it wouldn't be my number one. would be seven. I wasn't a doubt actually, but yeah. Here we are. Okay.
0: Well, this has been the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. Uh, Join us again next time as we talk about all things Enneagram.